This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack. Today we'll hear about a golf tournament that uses everything from bones to fake legs for golf clubs. Uh, tips to get you prepared for the renewal process of Medicaid. As you head outdoors this spring, it's essential to understand the proper ways to handle ticks. Sonley Adelstenson is here with Cameron Connor to discuss the most common ticks found in Missouri, how to prevent these parasites from latching on, and some of these primary diseases that they carry. Yeah, so the most common ticks that we worry about in terms of human disease risk are the Lone Star tick, the American dog tick, and the black-legged tick. Uh, We are starting to see some other vectors of disease show up in Missouri um, just recently, and those are the Gulf Coast tick and the Longhorn tick. What kind of tests are you guys running to make sure, or I guess sample size, that that population rate? Yeah, we use um, a lot of different methods to try to understand which ticks are out there and are most uh, risky in terms of human health. Um, we are, are using, we, we use dry ice actually to capture the Lone Star ticks. So most of these ticks, they have specialized organs that let them sense carbon dioxide, uh, because that's what their hosts breathe out. Right. So, and dry ice is just frozen carbon dioxide. So we use these traps that, um, emit you know, as they sublimate, they, the dry ice releases carbon dioxide gas and any ticks that are in the area sense that and then basically try to chase down and get to that host. Um, so we use that method a lot to census the tick population in different habitats and different areas. And then uh, our group working with some collaborators, we are, are looking at different pathogens that the ticks may be carrying bacterial pathogens and then also some some viruses that have only recently emerged in the last 10 years or so. Dry eyes to capture ticks. That's something I've never heard of before. That's definitely very interesting. That's that's a note to self. When, when you mentioned diseases, it could, it could be a segment all in itself talking about every single one of these and how exactly they have impact humans and affect them. But just to give more of a general wrap up of it, how about the most common diseases? transferred to humans via ticks and to like some of the more lesser common ones, if, if that's making sense. Yeah, here. So here in Missouri, uh, probably the, the most common diseases that we worry about are ehrlichiosis, which is transmitted by the Lone Star tick, and then Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, which is transmitted by the American Dog Tick. Uh, both of these are bacterial caused by bacterial pathogens, which fortunately means they can be treated pretty well with just a, a regular course of antibiotics. Um, but, you know, for, for folks that have been bitten by a tick, it's important to note, you know, when and where, and that can help practitioners with the diagnosis. Um, some of the less common tick-borne diseases we are getting concerned about are these new viruses, uh, bourbon virus and heartland virus. Uh, they've likely been a lot around much longer, but we've only just, uh, you know, they're new to science in, in the last 10 years or so. Uh, they still appear to be fairly rare, um, but we do find them in the tick populations uh, here in the, in the St. Louis area. You're listening to Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Cameron Connor. We're here with Solny Adelstensen. She is a staff scientist at Washington University in St. Louis, and we are speaking about ticks. 
the most common ones in Missouri, and also the most common diseases they may carry, as well as what to do if you come in contact with a tick, the best way to remove it, and also the best way to prevent it from happening. And another one that I'd love to bring up, if it's something that you think is in Missouri or has been found, is, and it's something that is increasing in cases. I've met four or five people in my lifetime, actually, that have had it, and it's been transmitted from an original tick bite, and that's the alpha-gal syndrome. Are, is that something that you have found in Missouri at any point in time, or are you guys, is it on the radar at least to be watchful for if it ever enters the state? How, how about that? Yeah, absolutely. Alpha-gal is a huge concern. Um, we think about it a little bit differently because it's not caused by the, it's not a typical pathogenic, you know, infectious disease that's caused by, you know, what we often think of with infectious disease, like a bacteria or a virus. But the alpha-gal syndrome can be really devastating for people. And it's when uh, a bite from a tick causes that person to develop a sensitivity to uh, mammalian meat, to red meat. And in some cases, that that sensitivity can be a really severe allergic reaction, including anaphylaxis. Um, there's a lot of research being done on this right now, uh, trying to identify what molecule actually in the tick saliva can cause that allergy um, to develop. But uh, yeah, it's certainly a big concern here in Missouri as well. And to your point about some of those most severe cases, it in a lot of times, people can have reactions or some sort of sensitivities, even to a lot of what those red meat oils and such are used in all sorts of products. That's why we use such heightened importance to something that's on the radar for that. And to your point, it is something that is still very on and studying and researching and understanding. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that is. And that leads to the next chapter in our conversation here, which is if you are in a tick infested area, which especially in a place like Missouri, are all over the place. If you have a tick on you, how long is it before something like this is transmitted? And it doesn't just have to be alpha-gal. We can go back to Rocky Mountain spotted fever and all those as well. Yeah, it's a really interesting question. Um, truly, we, we don't have enough information, to be perfectly honest, about a lot of these pathogens that ticks can transmit. Some are, especially bacterial pathogens, are thought to take a little bit longer just because of where they're hanging out within the tick. And then this whole physiological process has to happen where the bacteria moves around in the tick and to a point where then it can get into a host. But there are likely other pathogens that can be transmitted much quicker. So when I say it takes a longer time, um, for some of these bacterial pathogens, it might be 24 hours or so, um, and which really, you know, emphasizes the need to do tick checks frequently if you've been outdoors in tick habitat. Uh, but, you know, some studies from other parts of the country looking at tick-borne viruses have shown that they can be transmitted really quickly um, in, in a matter of, of minutes. So uh, the, it really runs the gamut. And yeah, you just we really have to be hyper aware um, when you're in tick habitat and be really vigilant about checking yourself frequently. It shouldn't necessarily detour people from doing the, the activities they love for those outdoor enthusiasts out there. It's just to have heightened awareness. And that's that's really what the importance and the purpose of this interview is to hear. So let's say someone's outdoors and all of a sudden, you know, they, they get back to their house 10 minutes later and they're doing this inspection. And wherever it is, they find one. What do you recommend as the best way to remove a tick 
in a way to where no other remnants of it are left around or, or in you or <laughs> I guess I guess on you in any way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I, I totally want to reiterate your point about it shouldn't ruin our enjoyment of the outdoors. So I think one of the most amazing things about Missouri is all these beautiful protected spaces that we have for um, all kinds of recreation. So, but to get to your question, yeah, if you do find a tick attached, important not to panic. Um, one thing to keep in mind is that not all ticks are carrying something that can make you sick. Right. So so there's still a chance that the tick might be totally uninfected and there's nothing that it could give you. Um, but you do want to be careful in how you remove it and to do it properly. Unfortunately, there's a lot of bad information out there and and different kind of less than ideal methods that some folks recommend for removing ticks. But it's really just very simple. Best case scenario, you can get fine tip tweezers and try to grasp the tick right where it's entering the skin. So at, at the surface of your skin, uh, the tick has these mouth parts that it uses to, to actually bite. So you want to try to grab the mouth parts and just pull it directly out without twisting it or, or turning it or, or putting anything on it. Some folks will advocate for putting a little neosporin on after you've removed the tick just to to help deal with any irritation that might happen at, at the site of tick attachment. And then uh, I do tell folks to note where that tick bite occurred and when. And if you have the ability to even save the tick and put it in a Ziploc bag, you know, write write your name and date on it and where it was attached and, and just put it in the freezer. And hopefully you never have to look at it again. Um, but if you were to develop symptoms, then that's, you know, really valuable sample there to and information to know where you were bitten and um, even what kind of tick it was. Solni, as a wrap-up question for you, we already mentioned it, but can you give a little bit more advice about tick prevention when people are going outside? Yeah, so I, I want to stress the importance of these personal protective measures. So in addition to doing the tick checks, there are some steps you can take even before going outdoors, especially during, well, tick season really is all year round in Missouri, but the height of the Lone Star tick season is, is from about now in March uh, through October or so. It's really just about covering up, right? So creating more of a barrier for those where they have to crawl on your clothing longer before they get to skin. So uh, I know it's hot here in the summer, but <laughs> if I'm going into the woods or a, a area I expect to, to be somewhat ticky, I always wear closed-toed shoes, long pants, tuck your pants into your socks. It's it's quite a look, but it, it does help with tick prevention. And then... Uh, using some chemical sprays can be really effective too. So um, the best one, in my opinion, is is permethrin, and that's one where you can treat your clothing in advance, let it dry fully, and that that chemical remains in the fibers of that clothing. And when ticks come into contact with it, they'll either drop off of you or or die. Um, and it's good that. La that treatment will last for, depending on the product, uh, seven or eight washes. So it's something that you can 
you know, spend some time to treat your clothes in advance of tick season and then maybe do one or two reapplications depending on how much you're, how much time you're spending outdoors. But the really just covering yourself up well and, and using some of these sprays is, is very effective. Staff scientist at Washington University in St. Louis, Solmi Adelstenson. Thank you so much for joining us on Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri.